Well, yeah, my name is Barry Jones. I am the missions president here at Mission Church of Nazarene. And um, this is our first week of, of faith promise emphasis. We do two weeks, um, which, by the way, thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to have two weeks. That really is awesome that we focus that much time on missions. Uh, so I, I ask myself the question a lot. Why, you know, why do we do missions here at Mission Church? Have you ever asked that question? Why, why do we do missions? Why go somewhere else? Well, in the first chapter of Acts, uh, Jesus, after being resurrected and returning to his disciples, he's instructing them to wait on the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1-8 one, uh, records the last words of Jesus before he ascends into heaven, is taken up into heaven. And what it says is, but you will receive power uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, uh, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you had one last chance, you know, you're Jesus, you have one more chance to say, to speak into the lives of your disciples. What would you say? It'd be probably the most important thing, or one of the most important things, right? And that's what Jesus does here. Uh, he's really instructing them, go to the ends of the earth to be my witnesses. And at the time, that might have meant a pretty small area. It really means the entire world. And for me, that, that is why we do mission here at Mission Church. You know, that Jesus' last words before sending into heaven is, go, be my witnesses. And by the way, man, I love what Evie was talking about. Man, with that as being his witness. That's exciting. We're going to do it here, and we're going to do it, do it globally. So that, that's really awesome. Uh, similarly, the last words in the Gospel of Matt, or the, not the last word, the last words in the Gospel um, are the Great Commission. And they're, they're kind of sort of the, one of the first words that Jesus speaks after being resurrected. And what it says in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, it says, Go and make disciples um, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I share this every year because it really, really strikes a chord with me. But um, that verse is really saying, in your going. So in your going to Foster Elementary or in your going to your workplace or whatever you do. Or in your going to Mexico or to Honduras. Uh, that's what that verse is really saying. Make disciples. Uh, in other words, it's really part of everything we do. We should be making disciples in everything we do. Uh, there's a verse, um, this verse is a call for all Christians to make disciples, and that includes every one of us. So if Jesus' first words in teaching after the resurrection are in Matthew, and his last words before he sends into heaven, if those words are literally, go to the ends of the earth, be my witness, make disciples, we probably ought to be doing that, right? And that's why we do Missions. It's why we also go to go to the school. That's a, that's that's awesome. So part of uh, how the Church of the Nazarene fulfills these scriptures is through Faith Promise and uh, the World Evangelism Fund. Uh, it's part of how we fund the going uh, to the end of the earth from Acts one and the Great Commission from Matthew twenty eight. It's part of how the Church goes and makes disciples to all the nations. So what uh, what exactly is Faith Promise? Um, I, I go through the same explanation every year, but because people keep asking, well, what really is Faith Promise? What really is World Evangelism Fund? So here goes. Um, faith Promise Giving is making a promise with God to fund missions 
uh, through what God has pl- placed on your heart, not what I have or Tony has. or It's really what God's placed on your heart. Uh, then trusting God to provide the resources for missions, uh, for meeting that commitment. Um, it's asking God in faith, what should you do for missions uh, around the world? Faith promise is something that, um, that churches around the world do. Uh, it's, it's, it's not something necessarily that fits in your budget. It, it, there are churches in, in Africa that they might have the same kind of faith promise week, and they'll pledge $30. For them, that is truly sacrificial. And so it's not about a number. It's about being obedient to God. Whatever God puts on your heart, that's what faith promises is really about. And what that allows the church then to do is all the churches together are, are able to, uh, to uh, accomplish great things. Our goal this year is $102,000. And, um, you know, that's, that's a number. But what's really more important is that everybody at Mission Church is involved in missions in some way. For some, it'll be going. For some, it'll be praying. For some, it'll be giving. But we want everybody to be involved. And so that, that's really the, the Mission Council's prayer, and, and our, our goal really is to have everybody involved at Mission Church. Uh, the money goes towards you know, Nazarene work around the world, but more importantly, it allows individuals to be Jesus in a specific community. Um, there are now, you know, we, in case you don't know it, the USA is a mission field. We actually have churches in, in the United States that they are being supported in some way through uh, the World Evangelism Fund. So we're all part of the mission field. So if you take a look at your brochure, um, hopefully everyone got one of these. On this side, it shows all the places we've gone. Uh, probably missed a few, but there's a lot of places this church shows incredible commitment over the last 50 years of missions, um, what, what, what this church believes in. Um, it's also got a list of what is faith promise. And it's broken up into a bunch of categories. You've got the World Evangelism Fund, district projects. You've got supporting local mission missionaries and um, uh, local missions trips. Every time you write a check, you write a $100 check for, for your faith promise. A percentage of that is going to go to World Evangelism Fund. A percentage of that is going to go towards helping us go on our family mission trip. A percentage is going to help support Steve Horak's back there. Steve, wave your hand. Yo. Steve's one of our, our missionaries we support. You're going to be a part of something much, much bigger in what, what you're doing every time you write that check. Um, so, the, um, so anyway, that, that's, that, look at that. That's important. Uh, one of the key things on that is, is the World Evangelism Fund. And the World Evangelism Fund is what the general church uses to fund missions globally. So it includes um, paying for a missionary in the field that you may never meet, that's impacting somebody that you will never meet, but you're helping, that, you're helping them stay in the field. It, it funds a global mission, uh, ministry center. It, it funds local churches, local districts. All that's part of what the World Evangelism Fund does. And the, if you don't know it, the Church of the Nazarene is in 162 different countries and, and world areas. Because, why? Because, because of the World Evangelism Fund and because people have given over the years that have allowed the church to go to places that, again, you and I would never go. So it's just exciting to be a part of that. 
Um, Mission Church has also been involved in going to a number of places this year. We do go. We believe that's part of the, our call. Uh, includes trips to Hermosillo, Tecate, Ojos Negros, uh, San Vicente, Mexico, as well as Honduras. And I want to talk just a little bit about our Honduras trip. So uh, this last August, a team of uh, eight of us went uh, to a Nazarene uh, Compassionate Ministries ministry called Coca Gracias. They actually started ministry in a local dump, and that's how they got their name. And dump name was Coca Gracias. Uh, that moved into um, starting a technical trade school called uh, Ministerial Lavos. Uh, Ministerial Lavos teaches uh, mechanics. Uh, let's see, mechanics welding. I'm going to get them all, not, not get them all here. Uh, sewing, a variety of things that allow uh, students to learn a, a basic trade. Unemployment in Honduras is close to 50%. So if you've got a technical skill, it changes the trajectory of your life. And all of it's within the context of a, a Christian, their Bible study in every class. It's amazing how many students have gotten saved. We had something like 30 students saved last year. First-time believers in Christ because they were being taught something, but they also heard the word of God. So that's all exciting. One of the things we did... Uh, was uh, Dr. Janet Crow had a um, it was an oral training oral oral healthcare training I'll let her explain it but uh, I'm going to have Janet come up and talk about that. <clears throat> oh, sorry, Mike. <clears throat> I'm not wired. Um, so I'm going to. I want to read you a verse, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the pictures. Um, and it's kind of a weird verse, but it'll make sense when I'm done. So it's out of Philippians. Paul is reminding the Philippians who they are now. Um, and he says, we are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I have reasons for such confidence. And then he goes on to give his credentials. If you remember this passage, he says, I'm an Israelite. I'm a Benjamite. I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was a zealot and I persecuted those people that call themselves Christians. And if you're looking at righteousness by the law, I am faultless. But I'll tell you about the rest of the scripture later. What I want to tell you is that. I went to Honduras. I've got some credentials, too. So I've never done this in church. I realized that when I was in first service. Like, I've never listed those things because it's not doesn't really define me. But anyway, so, but, you know, I mean, you go to a place and they're like, oh, you know, this is Dr. Crow, but I grew up in a Christian home. I'm a third-generation Nazarene. I graduated from a Nazarene college. I went to a reputable medical school. I trained in the, one of the top five pediatric training programs. And now I'm a professor of pediatrics at UCSD. So what? <laughs> so, but it does give you open doors to go and do some things. And so one of the things I was able to do when we were there was to train in two different preschools. There's two Nazarene churches there, and they each have very large preschools. And so we got to go into two of those to about groups of a little over 100 each time and talk with the families about taking care of your kids' teeth, um, gave out toothbrushes, did really fun projects with them, I mean, sort of illustrative things with them um, for an afternoon. So I went to the two different places. Um, and 
The last picture that's on there, I forgot to say this in the first service, but there's a picture at the end of a dentist and his wife who are probably going to pick up some of the stuff that we took there and carry on that ministry. So anyway, um, so that was fun. But God had other lessons he wanted to teach me. Um, I told our group about one of them, um, something that happened, but they, I hadn't told them about this lesson. And it was on Sunday, the day before we left. And we'd been working really hard all week. Sunday is a both a class day and a worship day because the students who come often work during the week, so they have to come to classes on the weekend. So Sunday and Saturday and Sunday are class days, and then Sunday night is worship. So I was tired. I'd been working all week. I wanted some time to just sort of relax. And so after lunch, my plan was some of the people were still working. Our paint crew, had we finished our job. I was just going to go chill. And I went into the little back um, bathroom area where they have the office and then sort of a staff bathroom with a um, shower because I was going to take a shower. And I went to get ready for my shower and I realized, oh, the toilet's clogged. Oh, I hate that. I can deal with this. You know, I do that. I, we all can do that. So I went to try to fix that solution or fix that problem. And there was no water pressure. I thought, well, okay, I know where the spigot is. I can take a bucket. We can deal this. So long story short, it took me 45 minutes of back and forth trips with the bucket with low water pressure in the spigot, but at least some water pressure to right the problem in the bathroom. And about halfway through, I realized I'm not going to get a shower, clearly, because there's no water pressure. And it was hot. You guys who went, right? It was hot. So um, anyway, but the Lord just kept saying, you know, I am in you and I my, the definition of you is not all that those credentials. The definition of you is what I'm doing and working in your heart. And so I got it. I did, you know, I finished fixing the problem, took a sponge bath, felt better, put on a dress, went into the kitchen, which is the place where everybody gathers in the ministry. Rena, Brian's wife, is an amazing cook. And so people come through, just like in anybody's kitchen, that's like the thoroughfare. If you're tired, if you need a drink, if you need to cool off, if you want to talk to somebody, everybody would come through. It's like a little kitchen cafeteria thing. So I went into the kitchen, and my daughter Elizabeth had had the forethought to buy a whole stack at a thrift store, a whole stack of beautiful calendars with pictures, and we sort of thought, well, maybe if we have time, we'll teach people how to make origami boxes. Well, that ended up being that afternoon. So I had had time, because I wasn't going to be helping with the crew, and I we started teaching people how to make boxes. And I've got some examples, which you can't really see, but these are from greeting cards, which is another way to do these. Um, you just use the front and the back of your greeting card, and you make these really lovely boxes. Um, we did the same thing with calendars. Um, and what happened was, as we were doing that, Elizabeth and I started um, teaching. She came in for a part of the time. People would come. They would sit down. We got to hear their stories. We got to pray for some of them. We learned. I learned more that afternoon about people that are in the ministry than I learned all week. And I understood Christ's heart and what he was doing in that work. And it was just such an amazing experience, not because I did it, but just because God needed to teach me something about me and what he is doing and use then some, some other things that I can do to help. Um, one of the ladies said, can I keep this calendar, which had a whole bunch of gorgeous pictures in it. She said, I want to make boxes and sell them at the market. 
And, you know, it's just a small way for her to make some extra money. Um, and I said, of course, we left everything that we took with them. Um, but, you know, more than that, God really reminded me the rest of that passage in Philippians, which says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. You know, my credentials inform me, our credentials inform us, but they don't define us. Christ in you, Christ in me, that is what defines who we are and whose we are. Um, and wherever you are in your you know, faith promise giving, if you're going, if you're supporting in any way, just allow that to sink in, that Christ in you will make an amazing difference in whatever you do. Um, and just to sort of follow up on the boxes, I had asked Brian this week, I said, you know, what's going on with the boxes? He said, Janet, they're everywhere. They're like this delightful presence of you guys and people have learned how to make them. He said, I don't even know if they've been selling them yet, but I'm sure they will. Um, but, you know, just that little way that God plants a seed um, and reminds people that he's there. So, thanks. One of the things I, I always love about <clears throat> trips is, is the story. That's the story. Right. Everybody is impacted differently. Uh, that's the, the boxes. You know, who would have thought the boxes would would be this beautiful reminder of what God's doing in that ministry. So um, the, some of the things we also did while we were there, we we uh, we worked on painting. You can show those painting slides. There you go. Uh, team members painted. And one of the cool things, everything we did while we were there, we did it with the students. And so. Got a chance to, that's actually Nathaniel, and uh, one of the, no, that's Marilyn. Anyway, I uh, had a great time painting. They got that work done. Women did a fantastic job. Uh, we also worked on the um, hanging a bunch of drywall, a big, way bigger building than I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, that's a big building. So we, we got that, and it was all up top, which is harder. So we got a lot of work done on that. Had a great time working again with the students, um, you know. And all all of us were experts at drywall when we started, and uh, or at least when we finished. Always dog tired at the end of the day, but a good a good tired. Let me tell you. <clears throat> the, the other thing that uh, we also um, we took a wait. I'm actually going next slide, Tim. Yeah, there we go. So one of the probably the coolest stories for me was. Uh, Tim Hart, who's in the first service, he's a, he's an accountant, and he was asking God, God, how can you use an accountant? You know, I'm just an accountant, and that's a question probably all of us have asked at some time. How can you use just me? And and so he says, you know what? I don't know how you can use me, but I'm going to say yes, God. Don't know what that means, but I'm going to say yes. Well, so he started working at the church. I think counting. He started counting. Um, I approached him and said, hey, I'd love to have you on our, as our, our treasurer at Coco Gracias. And for him, that was such an amazing response from God. Oh, that's yes. That's how God's telling me to say yes. So he goes down. He, uh, he does a great job on uh, training 
the students on just basic accounting. It was a, just a, I think, a 45-minute seminar on basic business accounting. Well, most of these students, or a lot of the students, they finish the welding program. Guess what? There's no jobs in welding. They can start their own business. And so a lot of the students really were benefited. Uh, some of them had already started their own business, and this was really helpful. But the, the coolest thing was he shared his testimony about saying yes and how he was so far out of his comfort zone, even to stand up there, first of all, and then to go on this trip. That was out of his comfort zone big time. But he's willing to say yes. Well, he shared that, and then afterwards, there were a number of the students came up and said, you know what, I've been thinking about an area in my life that I, I probably need to say yes to God. You, you've, you've convinced me. I, I just need to say yes. So you never know how God's going to, you know, God uses the boxes. God uses Tim in the way he used him. Probably one of the most powerful things for me was to kind of hear those stories. Uh, we also took a bunch of materials down. Uh, we, there's Jeff giving his testimony. Um, uh, we all got a chance to share our testimony in, um, and, and also just speak English with the English students, which was a lot of fun. Um, I think I'm going to have Jeff come up and just share a little bit about you know, how the, prod, the, the trip impacted him. Jeff was awesome, by the way, guys. It was great having him up there. Uh, it's great to have him as, a, as pastoral presence, and I really do appreciate that. So, Jeff. Very I went to Julian yesterday with my wife, and I uh, lost my glasses. Um, so that's why I look different, and I can't see you. So, um, <laughs> but Brian, Brian Ruark, who is the director of La Voz, um, Coca Gracias Ministry, um, he's, he's been here a couple of times, and every time he, he comes and speaks is such a treat. Um, he always is kind of pushing us and challenging us to, to believe, to trust, to risk it a little bit more. Um, to step out of our comfort zone. Um, and every time he's come, I've, I've had the opportunity to just um, have him pray with me, pray for me, and I'm, at the end of it, I'm always bawling because he is able to kind of speak directly into my heart and, and, and know exactly what I need, and know exactly what, what God is speaking to me. So um, I jumped on the opportunity to go and actually see him in ministry, doing his thing in his context, and it was amazing. Um, just, just to see the way, uh, how passionate he is, how he loves his people, um, him and his his whole family, to just pour so much into um, those kids there in Honduras. And I was just really grateful to get to be a part of that. Um, and the whole time, he was just even challenging us to risk it, share our testimony for those of us who had never uh, really done that in, you know, to a room full of strangers. Um, we went up to uh, a, a town up in the mountains and we just kind of walked around town and we talked to people, met some people, and he would say, okay, now you pray for them. And I was like, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but we did, and we learned to pray expecting God to move, expecting God um, to answer our prayers, and it was just really, it was really amazing, and we've got to see some really cool stuff um, in just doing that. But um, I had no idea how to do drywall. I still have no idea, and I did it for like a week. Um, but it was hot and it was humid, and I, you know, I was screwing up the screws uh, a lot. 
But the whole time, I was just thinking, man,、uh, the fact that we're here, these like strangers from a, from a different country, and that we are, you know, showing these kids that we care about them, that we believe in them, that we see them, that we want this. This room to be used to continue their education, continue their training, because we, because we want them to flourish, we want them to succeed.、Um, that's kind of what kept us, kept me going at least, realizing that the small thing I do here actually does have an impact. You know, in, unemployment is huge, like Barry mentioned, and the fact that we get to have a little bit of,、uh, of a part in just making life a little bit better for those for those students was huge.、Um, But also just the conversations that I was able to have with some of the some of the students there, some of the people there, because we hear a lot about Honduras. Well, we've we've been hearing a lot about what's going on there politically, and、um, you know the news will spin the news however they want so they could fit their narrative.、Um, but actually going there and talking to the people who are going through it, who who can't find jobs. The people who are, you know, suffering on a daily basis, who can't, sometimes can't feed their own families, and being able to put faces, being able to put stories, being able to put family and children, you know, with these stories that we hear,、um, it makes a difference and it changes you and it makes you realize、um, that they're able to see God in a way that sometimes I can't see Him. And they're able to trust in him in ways that I haven't learned how to trust them. They're able to see his goodness and his faithfulness even through the hardest of times.、Um, and it just really challenged me、um, to think outside of myself and think outside of the box and change my perspective in a lot of in a lot of ways. And I just feel like I've grown so much、um, and I learned so much. And I'm just so grateful、uh, for my time there. And I'm really grateful for this church who actually goes to. Places like Honduras and、um, partners with ministries there, and、um, I'm just really, I'm just really thankful that I got to do that. Thanks, Jeff. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and again, that's that's the story、uh, of the trip. It's 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 not what we did. It's it's how God spoke, how God、um, taught, spoke into our lives. Uh, go ahead and show the next slides、uh, or group of slides. So we,、um, yeah, that, we by the way took 18 suitcases down, including four sewing machines. All that was part of what you guys gave to us. Thank you.、Uh, that that material is more material than they've had ever probably in their ministry, and they were blown away by it. So thank you.、Uh, next slide. So we did go to Agucayente. It's a it's a community to the west of the ministry. It's it, it's a community that that they partner with very closely.、Um, pastor Juan is the pastor there. He also happens to be the mayor. And、um, you know, talking about a guy that's doing stuff in the community, he's trying to help them find a way to fund a bridge. You know, he's the pastor, but he's also trying to get a bridge so next time it rains, they can actually get down the hill.、Um, There's Pastor Juan and Brian.、Uh, we we、um, got a chance to、uh, keep going. Yeah, got a chance to see just the beautiful countryside,、uh, connect with people.、Uh, we got a chance to drink coconut milk or coconut water,、uh, and that was fun.、Uh, also got a chance to、um, 
really connect with the community. And, and Jeff talked about that, going up and praying with people, you know, way out of my comfort zone, too. I don't speak Spanish. I was trying to somehow convey what I wanted to pray. And it didn't matter. We were we were connecting at a very real level. Uh, this happens to be a piece of property that Cocal has purchased for a children's center, a uh, Nazarene children's center. And one of my dreams is to go back and build it. Uh, so put that on your list. Um, so anyway, that's what we did in Honduras. Fabulous trip. And um, uh, yeah, there's Brian and the, and the family. Well, um, the next thing I want to just talk to you about was, is... Um, what else does faith promise, Alice's faith promise uh, impact uh, both the world and, 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 and locally? So uh, we actually have three missionaries that have attended this church at some point that your faith promise giving funds funds on a, on a monthly basis. Uh, Elka Mueller, who's, she's with Wycliffe Bible Translators. She's translating uh, the Bible uh, in the native tongue of the Nahuatl people. She's been doing it for like 25 years faithfully. In a village, uh, you know, she's able to stay there because, in part, we, we, we provide funds. Um, Dave and Christy Johnson are in Ethiopia and, and have probably translated 20 languages uh, from the different tribes now, through again, through Wycliffe. And then Steve Horrocks with, uh, with a more ministry. So those, that's part of where your money goes. Uh, it also goes to funding trips. When we go to Casa Esperanza para Niños, which is a... It's a, a um, an orphanage in in um, Hermosillo. We send five thousand dollars ahead so that they have money, so we can identify a project. Again, your faith promise it pays for that. Um, we have trips to Haiti, to the Southern California district. Part of what faith promise does goes to fund that trip, and, and then just the local the stuff we do at uh, you know Costegos San Vicente. Again, some of that's covered by your by your giving. So how, how are some ways you guys can be directly involved in missions? Um, actually go. Well, one way is a family mission trip. Some we do every year. This is our 17th year. Uh, we uh, we uh, get um, to build two or three homes a year, or sometimes we build churches. But um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for you to go down and really connect with your family, with your community that you worship in. Um, we stay at a, the, the church. Uh, it's really nice and dry and warm, uh, which allows us to worship together. Great worship time. I love the worship time down there. Allows us to um, to uh, spend time playing games and putting puzzles together. And again, just get to know each other. Um, you know, you come back. You they're now your friends when you come back. Hopefully, uh, and so we build two buildings. Uh, again, we get to work alongside the, the families that we're help, helping. Get to work alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. Fabulous week. I really would encourage you to consider uh, uh, going on this trip. We, uh, we have a one-day slab pour on the 2nd of November, and, a, and then the four-day trip is from the 29th of December through the 2nd of January. Really, really encourage you to consider, you know, sign up out of the missions table if you're interested, and we'd love to have you go. Um, it is a great way to change a family's life, but it's also a great way to change your own family's life. I've, I keep saying my, you know, my daughters have been dramatically impacted by their time down on the, the family mission trip. 
So uh, another option is that we are going back to uh, Casa Esperanza um, in Hermosillo. We're going to do that in March. You can sign up for that on the, at the missions table. Again, an orphanage that helps kids that have been just in horrific situations. And they get to the orphanage. They, they're giving very holistic um, medical care and counseling. and all. They get them into a school. They, again, they radically change the trajectory of the lives of those kids. So we'd love to have you go on that. And that's easy. We fly down. It's a couple hundred bucks to fly down. It, that's an easy trip to go on. Uh, so finally, I want to talk to you about a trip we're going to um, uh, do in uh, 2020, the summer of 2020. We're going to go to Romania. And in 2015, we uh, went to Bucharest uh, to work with the Open Door Foundation. They operate the only emergency shelter for in Romania for uh, women that have been trafficked. I say women. A lot of them are kids. Uh, there was a 15-year-old when we were there. Um, and it's truly heart-wrenching. I, when I was there, all I could think of is that, man, that could have been my daughter, you know, um, this 15-year-old. And she'd been trafficked for a number of years. And so they have, a, they have an 18-month program. Uh, they, um, again, they provide them a very complete, holistic medical. Um, they, if they need legal help, they, they, often they have legal issues they have to deal with. Um, just a full gamut, and it's an 18-month program. Once they come out of that 18-month program, uh, the kind of the next step they're hoping for is to put a uh, to build a, a kind of a transitional housing. So I'd like to show the video. It's actually from 2015, but it I think it paints a pretty good picture of kind of what we're gonna the trip's gonna look like again this year in 2020. So go ahead with the video.
So there were a lot of faces you probably recognize there, but the, the ones that you didn't were a lot of the, the young ladies that uh, were, were coming out of being trafficked. And again, you look at those and say, wow, that could be my daughter or my sister or whatever. Um, one of the coolest stories of that trip, uh, they, they, the, several of the ladies decided we're going to teach them how to sew. Um, really basic thing. We know how to sew. We're going to use that talent that God has kind of allowed us to have. And we're going to teach them how to sew. And this, I think she was 15 or 16. She sewed her own dress. And then she put it on and she came walking down the stairs when we were all kind of, she, she was showing what she had done. And, I mean, it was heart-wrenching to see. You could tell she was puffed up. She was built up. You know, she felt worthwhile because she had done something. Simple thing. But it's how God used, you know, those two ladies that taught him how to sew. And so, you know, again, that's the story. Of, of a mission trip. It's, it's why you always end up getting way more than out of it than you give. So anyway, we're going to try and hopefully build a transitional housing, um, hopefully four units on this piece of property. Obviously, needs a lot of work. Um, and the transitional housing will allow um, uh, these young ladies, once they've gone through the 18-month program, it'll allow them to, uh, to then transition um, not directly back into society, but into a transitional home, have a job, and then from there, um, when they're able, ready, they can move into completely living on their own again. It's not a quick process. You know, these people have been traumatized for years, and so it takes time, and this will allow them to do that. So that's what we're going to do. We're also going to work with um, some, uh, some of the local kids at risk and sports camps and hopefully share Christ with them that way. Uh, so if, if that's something you're interested in, I'd love to uh, have you involved in that as well. So at that point, I think Pastor's going to talk a little bit about Haiti and some other stuff. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much to our missions president. And I'm tired just listening to it all. Give him a hand. Wow. Good job, Barry. And uh, he's challenging us and stretching us, and there's lots of things that we've already done. I look at that map, and I'm just blown away by the impact that this this church alone is having on on the world for the kingdom. And yet there's so much that's yet to be done. As you mentioned, uh, Haiti, uh, I had brought a friend here by the name of Davidson, Pierre. And Davidson uh, grew up as an orphan on the streets of Port-au-Prince. And then he he was taken under the wing of a... Uh, of a uh, a missionary, and she believed in him, realized that he had a gift for math. Uh, she opened the door so that he could come study in America, and now he is a, a professor, a university professor at two different universities. But Davidson uh, approached me, and he wanted to start a school and, and also a Nazarene church, and we did that. And now we started with just an open, you know, piece of property there was nothing and then we began to build sheds and uh, now we have 200 students there's a big metal building there we need to build some desks so if you want to go on a less expensive mission trip i mean romania is awesome i want to go on that but we're going to do this this haiti trip and uh, it'll probably be less expensive you might want to be part of it okay now, by the way, I want to say Mission Church, you guys do missions well. I, uh, when I was making a decision and praying about coming here to missions, I went to the district website, pulled up uh, a survey of this church. You guys, the congregation was surveyed, and in that survey, 
you got high, high marks on missions. You guys do missions well. You know how to give the missions. You're doing a, a great job. I think that we can continue that. I believe that. And uh, we believe in missions. Amen. And so how do you do that? Well, in the bulletin, there's a pledge card there. And maybe you've never done something like this. But this is, a, this is just a commitment to missions. It's not your tithing. You know, it's not that that portion that you give to the Lord as the Lord directs us, that 10 percent. But this is above and beyond. And it's something that you enter into prayerfully. It is not like uh, Barry mentioned. It is not, you know, uh, what you see you can do, but maybe what God is laying on your heart. And it might be impossible. It might be. If the Lord lays something on your heart, I want to invite you to take that out of the bulletin and take it home with you and pray about it. And next Sunday, we're going to have Dr. Carla Sundberg here from general headquarters, one of our general superintendents. And uh, she's going to be sharing with us. She's she's awesome. You do not want to miss her. Bring somebody with you. It's going to be a good time and you're going to like Carla. But uh, next Sunday, bring this back with you. Just be prayerful as we gather together and we continue to focus on missions. Missions a big deal. And our president does a good job with this. Thank you so much, Barry, and great information. And I want Janet to show me how to make one of those little boxes. Uh, that, that looks fun. So anyhow, hey, let's stand together. We're going to pray. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, for, Lord, the call that you've put upon this church. Lord, I pray that we will always, you know, uh, do missions well. And I pray, Lord, that we would just continue to have, you know, a vision that we are a church that is not just talking about our faith, but we are, we are, we are sharing our faith and, and we are active in our faith. And Lord, whether it's, you know, going up to the school, being a part of that community and impacting those lives, Father, or however we get involved in our local community, but also, Lord, around the world in these places where people are hurting and are destitute. And Lord, I know, God, that, that you're the answer. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to be your church. Help us to be your people, Father. We love you, Jesus. Just bless this time as we pray about what we might do, what our part might be. Just bless it, I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.